630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Whoa, we got ourselves quite the show tonight. Of course, we're two days away from the NHL draft, which is uh, quite the busy time in the off-season world of the National Hockey League. And uh, man, they don't wait too long. I mean, the Stanley Cup was awarded, what, a couple weeks ago? So there you go, or about a week and a half ago. So it's just boom, we'll just go right into it. We only had about, you know, a good week or so of, uh, you know, of calm waters. Oh, it's busy tonight. We have the NHL expansion draft, which uh, has already taken place earlier today. And NHL insiders, who we normally love, okay, normally I love, I don't know what you think, but they've ruined today. They've ruined everything. Because they keep revealing who's going going to Vegas. You know, the NHL hasn't uh, revealed the uh, picks yet, of course. They're going to do that during the NHL awards tonight. And there are three Oilers that are up for awards with Peter Shirelli, GM of the Year, Tom McClellan, Jack Adams Award, which is Coach of the Year, and, of course, Connor McDavid, who's already won the Art Ross Trophy, is up for the Hart Trophy for League MVP. But uh, we head down to Chicago, and a man who has already... Peruse the streets of downtown Chicago, and he found himself $5 chicken wings, folks. Good old US of A, baby. The host of this show, Reed Wilkins. What's up, Reed? Okay, here's the deal. Yeah. So the hotel is downtown, just off the Magnificent Mile. So I get here mid-afternoon. By the way, the traffic was an absolute crawl from O'Hare Airport to downtown, but I kind of I expected it to be slow. I don't know if we ever went quicker than 30k an hour, but anyway, <laughs> uh, get downtown. So you know, you're for anybody who you know you travel, your eating schedule's off. I hadn't eaten much today, so I was like, well, I better go grab something to eat before uh, before I got to come on here with Dave and watch the uh, you know monitor the awards and the, and everything going on tonight. So downtown Chicago, very cool, very dense, a lot of restaurants. So I'm dropped off, and I see half a block away, there's a place called uh, Rock Bottom Brewery. So I'm like, well, this is great. What a perfect place to go. So I get into the hotel, and uh, I go over there. So they brew their own. they got about 14 of their own beers. So I'm like, great. So I, uh, so I pick a, pick a nice uh, afternoon pre-show beer, which I don't wow. get to do in Edmonton. But on the road, I'm like, well, I'm doing it. <laughs> and uh, so then it's happy hour. So they got food specials. So I'm thinking, well, this is great. They have $5 boneless chicken wings. I'm like, this is incredible. What a, what a great deal. So I order the boneless chicken wings. You can get either a buffalo or barbecue sauce. So I get the uh, barbecue. Good or, choice. Pardon me, I got the buffalo. Oh, okay. And uh, you can get either ranch or uh, blue cheese dip. So I got the uh, blue cheese dip. <laughs> so I'm like, great, five bucks. That's cheap. I'm in the United States where, you know, they have a, a very... Uh, generous idea of what a serving size is, uh-huh. and then they bring the wings, and it's like six of the smallest boneless chicken wings I've ever seen in my life. Like, the <laughs> chicken must have been all bone, because there's there's pretty much no meat left. Having said that, uh, it was a good little snack and, and a good pint, and I, and I will go back there 
because there's another interesting beer or two. So I'm sure the uh, listeners to Inside Sports will uh, will have to live vicariously through me when it comes to that. But yes, uh, I am in Chicago, Dave, and uh, there's going to be a, a lot going on. Though all the eyes are on Las Vegas tonight. It was like Chicago knew you were coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think they had a single place in Chicago that served beer until I got here. I mean, now for, they have like four thousand. For goodness sakes, Def Leppard's playing there on on Saturday, so they really That's knew true. you were coming. Yeah, Def. Well, Def Leppard planned their tour around me being here for the draft, so that was kind of. <laughs> oh, good old U.S. of A. Uh, well, I'm glad that you got there safe. I'm glad we don't have to reenact reenact the incident uh, three years ago in Philadelphia, which. Uh, you know, if listeners know what happened, uh, you know, we'll just briefly talk about it, that, you know, you ate nuts that you didn't know that, you know. Yeah, they put cashews on calamari. Which is stupid. The, uh, yeah, luckily I didn't have very much. I just had one calamari that had just a little shaving of cashew, but it was enough to uh, give me some pretty bad hives and keep me uncomfortable for about five or six hours. Yeah, that was up good. in my hotel room. That was not pleasant, but I got through it. Yes, we're glad you're you're good. You know, it's too bad the 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 boneless chicken wings were paltry, but there was only five bucks, so you can't complain too much. So maybe I'll go back tonight, and you you know you could order two. I'll find the rest of the chicken. Yeah, exactly. I want the rest of that chicken. Well, let, let's first talk about the NHL awards. I know we're we're talking expansion draft, and uh, a little bit later on, but this is a big night for the Edmonton Oilers because there are three. Uh, there are three members of this team that are nominated for awards, and you got to think Connor McDavid's going to be the slam dunk for the Hart Trophy to add to his Art Ross Trophy. But, you know, when we talk about how much this organization has turned around, I know they're just awards and they're individual awards, but my goodness, it's just another sign that, hey, this team has really turned turned things around. Well, here's the thing with McDavid. He will be awarded a trophy tonight because he'll get the Art Ross for being the leading scorer in the NHL. So, I mean, we already know that he's won that, but he'll officially get it tonight. Uh, And then, yeah, he's up for the heart against Crosby and Bobrovsky. I mean, I think McDavid's going to win. He would be my vote. I I, I think he's going to be the winner. You wonder a little bit about the Crosby factor just because of his reputation and, and the numbers he was able to put up after missing a little bit of time at the start of the season. But, but I still think if, if you look at McDavid and, and, you know, if the exact definition of the award, and you don't always have to go like this, but it's the player judged to be most valuable to his team. And the Oilers are, are a much improved team. They have more depth. I mean, Drysdale was a great story. They had a lot of other guys who contributed, but I don't think they finished eighth overall without Connor McDavid. And, you know, it's, it's funny, on the way here, uh, I actually ran into an NHL coach uh, in the airport who I spoke to briefly, and he, ba- he basically said almost word for word, you guys wouldn't have been where you were without McDavid. So, I mean, I do think he was the most valuable player to his team. You can look at several games and instances throughout the season where, you know, maybe it was a pretty even game or or the Oilers as a whole might have been outplayed, but McDavid was the X factor that that took them over the top and was was just able to consistently produce points. Now, he had Dreisaitl on his wing for a lot of the year. That certainly helped, but but I mean, he, 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 Crosby, yes, missed some games, but McDavid also won the scoring race by by 11 points. So I do think he'll win the Hart Trophy. He'll be the first Oiler if he if he does win. He'll be the first Oiler since 1990 when Mark Messier won it. Gretzky won it eight years in a row from 80 to 87. Uh, haven't had an Oiler win the Hart 
since then. The, the Ted Lindsay as well, he could also win. Most outstanding player voted on by the Players Association. Crosby is a finalist along with Brent Burns, so they don't have the exact same finalist with Burns instead of Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it's it's amazing when you when you have a player like that who is synonymous with the team and in some ways is, you know, around the world, if you look in a few years, could be synonymous with the game of hockey and the National Hockey League. The way Crosby has become over his career, certainly the way Gretzky was, and then I think Lemieux had a time like that too, where you, you could go somewhere in the world or parts of the United States where they don't watch a lot of hockey, but maybe someone is a, is a casual fan or, or just follows it through, you know, the odd online story or highlights, and you say, name name the most famous hockey player in the world. Well, right now, I would still give that to Sidney Crosby. I mean, he just won the Stanley Cup again. He just won the Conn Smythe again. He's always going to have the golden goal on his resume. Well, five, six years from now, are we going to ask people who's the most famous hockey player in the world? And it's going to be Connor McDavid. And, and Dave... You know, it's just, I, I know the Oilers had, you know, that terrible decade, and I know they had other first overall draft picks, and other teams had first overall draft picks, but it's just so much different with a guy. And, you know, and like, having now witnessed him for a couple of years and seen visiting teams, and seen and heard visiting teams talk about him, and visiting media members talk about him, you understand what that is. You know, to to be why they slapped that title on on him as a generational player because he's able to redefine the franchise he is with. And look, the Oilers got great fans, and they're going to have a huge following no matter what. But it's like you know, when when they had those other players first overall, it wasn't within a couple of years they were all of a sudden relevant and a team people were talking about and afraid to play and, and a team that fans wanted to see play. Right, so I mean, it's funny. I, I, I was I was walking to, to uh, back to the hotel today, and there was a couple guys on the street, and I hated to be that kind of pushy tourist type, but I said, "Do you guys live here?" They said, "Yes." They said, "Oh, I'm visiting. You know, what? Where's an actual good place to eat? What? That's not a tourist trap because I like to know where the food is." And and they said, "So what are you doing here?" And they were like, "Oh, we'd love to get to Edmonton." They said, "We would love to get to Edmonton to see that rink and and to see McDavid play in person." You know, five, yeah. six years ago, even with some of the other top draft picks, what would have people in other markets been saying that? Probably not to that extent. So, I mean, that's and that's the value of McDavid just beyond what he does on the ice. I mean, it's transporting. It, it's it's like whatever team, you know, to, to use the NBA example. I know a lot of people maybe don't like this guy, but wherever LeBron James goes, all of a sudden that team is relevant. Now, basketball is different than hockey because like, the star player in basketball can play ninety percent of the game. Yeah. That doesn't happen in hockey, but. But McDavid, whether he wins tonight or not, and, and again, I think he will, his true value, I think, not just to the Oilers, but to the game overall, is, is still going to be proven. And that's, and that's going to be an incredible story. Now, as for the overall transformation of the franchise, the two other guys who are nominated tonight are a big part of that as well. I, I mean, the Oilers finally hired an experienced coach with Todd McClellan, and the message you know, with the length of his contract, was this guy is not going anywhere. You're going to play his way, and and then we're not going to waffle and say, well, maybe it was the coach's fault if we do poorly. Mm-hmm. We're going to change players, and then that transitions into Peter Shirelli, who has not been able to, who has not been afraid to make moves, and who has not been been afraid to 
trade players who were associated with one of the two or three previous rebuilds. I mean, obviously the big one, Taylor Hall, but look at the players uh, he acquired. Milan Lucic, fourth leading scorer on the team. Patrick Maroon, 27 goals. Mark Letestu, a surprise, 16 points and the second leading scorer in the playoffs. Andre Sekera, I mean, I think you can ask yourself, what if the Oilers had him for the rest of Game 5 against Anaheim and then Game 7? Zach Cassian, he gets as a reclamation project. Adam Larson, Drake Kajula, Matthew Benning. I mean, I'm just reading those guys. Those are all guys who are in the top 12 in Oilers scoring this season. He signs Chris Russell. Uh, you know, so a little over half the roster of guys who played regularly were brought in by Peter Shirelli. And I, and I know there could never be change uh, fast enough, and it looks like Connor McDavid just has won the Ted Lindsay yeah, here, Dave. He has. As I'm it. looking at Twitter, so there's there's one down for McDavid. He's the most outstanding player. He's voted by the by the players. So, given how bad the Oilers were for how long, the change could never come fast enough for the fans. But if you actually look at what Shirelli has done in a couple of years, it, it's been pretty drastic. Now, having a talent like McDavid leads the way in that transformation, but there have been some other guys added who have contributed. Now, there was one guy added, and I know we're going to talk about this coming up after the break. There is one guy added that's going to be not a popular move because it looks like he's going to Vegas in the expansion draft tonight. And, yeah, as you mentioned, Connor McDavid is the Ted Lindsay Award winner. First Oiler to win that award since Mark Messier back in uh, 1989-90, and he was one of the presenters along with Ted Lindsay and Mario Lemieux. It is... 618, Reed Wilkins joining us from Chicago. That is site of the 2017 NHL Entry Draft live coverage here on 630 Chet on Friday. We'll begin at 4 o'clock with uh, Reed Wilkins, Bob Stoffer, and Jack Michaels. And then again on Saturday at 7 in the morning. And uh, right now we're talking about the awards. Connor McDavid has already won an, another award, so that's two awards he has won to add to his Art Ross Trophy. He has won the Ted Lindsay Award. We'll keep you posted. Also, Las Vegas. The the excuse me the Vegas Golden Knights will unveil officially their roster. Oh, and there's a lot of side deals that are going to happen as well. So we'll talk about that as well as uh, we return. Talk more with Reed Wilkins down in Chicago. I'm in Edmonton right now, and I'm hosting Inside Sports. <laughs> Hey, this is Jordan Eberle from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. 623, welcome back to the show. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight, rejoining us from Chicago, site of the NHL Entry Draft, which will uh, we will have live coverage starting at 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon. The first round is underway at 5 o'clock, 7 a.m. on Saturday morning as well. And Connor McDavid, has won the Ted Lindsay Award, given to the most outstanding player chosen by his peers, NHL players. So uh, Vegas is, uh, well, they have drafted their their team. The expansion draft already happened. Uh, NHL insiders have ruined the surprises all day today, which is annoying, in my opinion. But... Uh, uh, it looks like Griffin Reinhardt, and we don't have the official list yet that will come out, but it looks like Griffin Reinhardt is on his way to uh, to Vegas. Well, Dave, that's going to be, uh, well, I think it already has. That's going to make a lot of Oilers fans unhappy. Uh, I think uh, I think especially a lot of people in the blogosphere. And by the way, I want to get this quote out there again. I used it last night with Bob Stoffer, the late, great Frank DeFord, Sports Illustrated writer, who uh, passed away last month, called blogging the pole dancing of sports journalism. 
<laughs> well, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying I find it extremely funny. But, you know, that was the move at the draft a couple of years ago. The Oilers traded yeah. their uh, 16th overall pick and their 33rd overall pick to the uh, New York Islanders for Griffin Reinhardt, the former Edmonton Oil King. A lot of questions about Reinhardt, obviously, uh, at the time. Uh, you know, kind of the, the knock on him has been that he needs to be a little bit more of an assertive player. He did say he worked on that with Bakersfield this season. Had a pretty good this season with the Condors. Um, didn't play quite the full year, and he got called up and had to play in one playoff game when the Oilers were without uh, both Secker and Clefbaum for Game 6 against Anaheim. They wound up winning 7-1. That was the only NHL game he played this year. Played in 29 last year. I, I mean, I think he's a very intelligent player. Uh, I think he's he's pretty composed, but again, there's just kind of been the hope that he would be more assertive. And I know people look at okay, the Islanders took Matthew Barzell, 33, 30, or 16th overall. He's you know a high scoring player who actually might be a little bit like Jordan Eberle at the end of the day, by the way. And then the Islanders traded the other pick to uh, to Mitchell Stevens, who's kind of an all round forward out of the Ontario Hockey League. So. Um, I don't know. Dave, I just have everything on Twitter. I don't have the awards on TV here. I haven't seen if that's the official pick here. Uh, Patrice Bergeron has won the Selkie, which uh, has kind of been his award yeah, for, for the, fourth the last time. few years. Um, so, you know, the Reinhardt thing, here's the thing. I understand the criticism of the trade itself. Um, the Oilers, as Shirelli said after the season, we're going to lose a good player. We're going to lose somebody we prefer to keep. And I will say this to people, Dave, and we'll see how this plays out three, five, seven years down the road. Quite frankly, as an Oilers observer, the way the team is built now, I would sooner lose Griffin Reinhardt than Jujar Kara because I think he has more potential to play an important role on the Oilers in the years to come. A depth role nonetheless. Yeah. But I, I think right now, I mean, right now the Oilers are shorter on forwards, I think, than they are uh, on the back end. So, I, you know, it's tough to lose Reinhardt, especially given the way he was acquired. But I'm, gl- I'm glad Kara wasn't the guy snatched up. And I think some Oilers players, quite frankly, uh, would speak pretty highly of Kara and what they saw from him during his brief time here last year. Well, you know, when you lose a guy like Matt Hendricks, uh, I'm not saying Jujar Kara is Matt Hendricks, but Jujar Kara plays a Matt Hendricks style of game as far as the edge and the physicality and that sort of thing. So, uh, Reed Wilkins joining us from Chicago, side of the 2017 NHL entry draft. Yes, Patrice Bergeron has won the uh, Selkie Trophy for the best defensive forward in the National Hockey League for the fourth time in his career, tying him for uh, the most with former Montreal Canadian and uh, with uh, Bob Gainey. So there you go. They're handing out the Norris Trophy now. We'll tell you who won that. And we'll also talk about trade possibilities. Now, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to make a ton of trades that will be announced tomorrow. Are the Oilers going to be in that mix? This is Inside Sports. Campbell in for Wilkins tonight. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Reed Wilkins is down in Chicago. Dave Campbell with you right here in Edmonton as the NHL Awards and Expansion Draft continues. I can tell you that Brent Burns has won uh, the Norris Trophy. He was the leading scorer among defensemen. Uh, he beat out uh, Eric Carlson of the Ottawa Senators and Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Expansion Draft, uh, the official names are coming out. 
Uh, Calvin Pickard has been taken by the uh, Golden Knights from the Colorado Avalanche. Also, uh, Cody Eakin has been selected from the Dallas Stars. It's all coming in fast and furious, folks, so we're just getting it uh, getting it all organized here. Uh, Timo Pokonen from the uh, from the Phoenix or the Arizona Coyotes, excuse me. Um, so we're still uh, working through this as well. William Carrier has been selected from the from the Buffalo Sabers, and apparently there's a side deal in place as well that uh, Vegas will get a seven a 2017 sixth round pick. So it's uh, coming in fast and furious as uh, we rejoin uh, Reed Wilkins here from Chicago side of the uh, 2017 NHL entry draft. Oh, we do have uh, some texts here. Uh, one from a familiar uh, fellow we both know, uh, Randy K. Oh, yeah. Uh, says, remind Reed that his $5 chicken wings were only $5 U.S. Exchange rate probably cost you about 33 bucks Canadian. <laughs> All right. You could be right. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, one texter says, I can't believe fans are upset that they're uh, the Oilers are losing a guy in Reinhardt who can't even crack our lineup. I don't believe it. Well, here's the thing, and 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 that texture, I, I should, I, I mean, I, I, you got to realize sometimes we speak in general generalities. There, there will be, there, there are some fans upset about that trade because they they didn't think Reinhardt was was that good, but but I mean that's a good thing. You look long term for the Oilers. Was Griffin Reinhardt going to be on the NHL club this year, mm-hmm. next year? I mean, he's, you know, nurses. Likely going to be here a while. Benning's likely going to be here a while. Secker, Larson, and Clefbaum uh, will be here a while, and then you got uh, the 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 Russell role, right? So they're probably looking at someone that either Russell's going to be back, or maybe they'll look for someone with more experience to step in and fill that role, right? So th- th- that's that's a fair point. I mean, and and. I read the stats. No better indication of how the Oilers improved on the back end. Griffin Reinhardt went from playing 29 regular season games in 15-16 to zero this past year, and yeah. then he got called up for one playoff game when when two other defensemen were were hurt. So yeah, fair point. I I, I think uh, and again to respond to that texture, I think the point was that a lot of people didn't like the trade um to begin with you know a lot of people wanted to see Barzell in the lineup who I don't know if he's really a Peter Shirelli type of player at at the end of the day so that that's a fair comment Dave can I just jump in here with a couple other things yes uh i just you may have seen this you know they people the the NHL releases the actual award voting totals they don't tell you who voted for who right. so for example for the Norris voting it shows you first second third fourth and fifth place votes Justin Schultz finished 10th in Norris Trophy voting, which is pretty respectable. What do you uh, think about it? To yeah. be considered the 10th best <laughs> defenseman uh, in the entire NHL, whether you agree or not. I mean, he was ahead of, uh, he had the same number of points as Roman Yossi, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, who was the, you know, the, the it guy at the trade deadline. Uh, he had more votes than Petrangelo, more than Seth Jones, more than Cam Fowler, so more than Mark Edward Vlasic. Only had one fifth place vote, and we saw how good he was in the playoffs against the Oilers for the Sharks. So, uh, you know, Craig McTavish still wears that comment uh, he made about Schultz about what was it three years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, about Schultz having Norris Trophy potential that probably contributed to Schultz's decline in an Oilers uniform. Yeah, I agree but, with you. But geez, if you finish tenth in the voting and you're still <laughs> relatively young. 
that is Norris Trophy potential. Now, again, Pittsburgh's lineup would have looked different if the Tang played, but still Schultz grabbed the, grabbed the situation and did a pretty good job with it. And speaking of the awards, and I want, I want to circle back on Jujar Kara for a minute there too, Dave. Yep. Speaking of the awards, have they given out the Masterson yet? I'm just keeping an eye on it. They have not, no. Okay, now now they're going through the uh, expansion draft list. Okay, we'll just is... jump in if they name the oiler, because like yep, I said, I I'm just following on Twitter. Uh, don't forget, now I do think that Craig Anderson is going to win the Masterson Trophy because of what he and his wife went through this season. And that story actually broke while the Senators were getting ready to play in, in Edmonton, that his, that his wife was battling cancer, and then he came back and shut out the Oilers that night. It was only one of two games the Oilers lost in the entire month of October. Uh, but Derek Ryan of the Carolina Hurricanes is a finalist for the Masterton, uh, plays for Carolina, and was a U of A Golden Bear, right? And a very, mm-hmm. a very good Golden Bear. And then there's another Edmonton connection in the third finalist for the Masterton, and that's Andrew Cogliano, the former Oiler who has never missed a game in his career. But Derek Ryan's a great story. Uh, I know... Uh, uh, you know, both Bob and I have had him on our shows over the last few years. A uh, hardworking player who, you know, he's almost a little bit Latestu-ish in a way. <laughs> Dave, you know, that he can help out on the power play, and he's learned the game well enough, you know, that that, that he can check. Uh, you know, I think Mark's a better penalty killer and probably a little bit better all around, but I think Derek Ryan is still going to be, uh, you know, floating around the NHL for a few years. Works pretty hard. So anyway, that's another award to keep an eye on with an Edmonton angle. Well, the, the story is just phenomenal, as you mentioned, and we got a chance to talk to him when the the, the nominees uh, the nominations came out, and so such a humble guy, you know. And I I love the story, and everyone can get behind a good story, and you know sometimes the NHL is lacking in good stories, but Derek Ryan fits the bill of a really good story. Absolutely. Now I want to get back to Jujar Kara because you were talking about that Matt Hendricks role. Here's how I see it. I, 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 you're, you're right in that, in that Jujar Kara will probably wind up being the third or fourth line left winger for the Oilers, and probably as soon as this year, probably on the fourth line. I don't think he's going to play with the same kind of sandpaper that Hendricks does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, he, he, he may mix it up. He may fight a little bit. I, I don't think he's going to be quite the same as, as Hendricks, but I, I think he might have a little bit, more of an offensive upside than Hendricks. I mean, let's say everybody loved Matt Hendricks' work ethic. Yeah. Uh, he had that shootout move that I guess helped the Oilers on a couple of occasions. The paralyzer. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but when Matt Hendricks was on the ice, you didn't really expect him to score. Now, he did every once in a while because he put himself in the right spot to get goals. But I, I think Kara, as he continues to learn the NHL game, has a little bit more dimension. He's a really big guy. And when we, we interviewed him last week, Dave. You know, he knows when he signed the contract extension, he knows he has to get to the front of the net. He knows he has to protect the puck down low. And I I just think there's a little bit more of a... I I think he might have a more varied game than Hendricks. And certainly he's a lot younger than Hendricks. So if if he does wind up taking that role... Now, here's the thing. When he, he played 10 games with the Oilers this season, he did get a goal his first few games... He looked really uncomfortable with the puck, you know, almost like he was nervous to have it or, or didn't want it on his stick. That obviously tends to go away, right, as, as guys get a little bit older. So, you know, and I'm not, look, I'm not trying to talk him up like he's a superstar, but, it, but if the Oilers have a couple good solid lines, I think 
Kara is a great guy to have on your third or fourth line as we move along here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. And uh, you know, I think he showed if he can stay healthy, uh, I think there's a chance for him to be uh, maybe a regular contributor down there uh, on the on those third or fourth lines. So uh, and clearly with you know, <laughs> yeah, I know they unprotected him, but they just signed him. So I don't really think they wanted to lose him. So um, I'm with you there. So let let's update the uh, the the uh, expansion draft picks for now, which will also include a couple of trades here. And then we're going to go into some trade talk here with uh, Reed Wilkins down in Chicago. And uh, by the way, these uh, NHL draft reports brought to you by Nate's Computer Training Center. Enroll now for summer certificates and courses at nate.ca slash summer guide. The Golden Knights pick from the Colorado Avalanche, goaltender Calvin Pickard. From the Vancouver Canucks defenseman Lucas Spiza. From the Coyotes forward Timo Pukkanen. From the New Jersey Devils defenseman John Merrill, and then uh, they pick uh, William Carrier from the Buffalo Sabres and then trade him uh, or trade uh, a six-round pick, the Sabres do, uh, to the Golden Knights to take Carrier. Then uh, the Detroit Red Wings, they lose forward Thomas Nosek. The Florida Panthers, they lose Jonathan Marchessault, had a pretty good season, and then Riley Smith is traded to the Golden Knights, along with a fourth-round pick from the Florida Panthers for passing on a defenseman and the Golden Knights uh, just selected defenseman Braden McNabb from the LA Kings. The trade stuff is wow, going to come the out The Panthers to... lost Smith and Marsha show. Correct. That's rough, wow, man. Okay. That's rough. That's that's you know Vegas might not be as bad as we think. I don't know how good they're going to be. Of course, the chemistry thing's going to come into it because this team has to come together. But uh Vegas, I wonder you know, these trades are starting to come out about these side deals they've made. And then at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, I believe the, the freeze lifts. And that's our time. So, I mean, a flurry of trades could be coming down. Could the Oilers be involved in that little flurry of, of, of trades as well, whether they did something with Vegas or or something apart from that, like, oh, I don't know, Jordan Eberle? Well, first of all, the Florida stuff is is really interesting. So they got Riley Smith for not taking a defenseman. That's correct. Okay, and Marsha shows obviously coming off a big year. That this is an interesting one. And I, I've always kind of liked Riley Smith. I mean how many times did he score twenty goals? I'm just checking his stats. I mean he scored twenty and thirteen fourteen with Boston, had twenty five in fifteen sixteen with the Panthers. He dropped down to fifteen last year and was minus thirteen and obviously a Panthers team that uh, you know kind of unraveled with that coaching change and then some of the front office disruption. But, yeah, I've, I've always kind of liked Riley Smith as a player, so that's good for Vegas. I will, and I, I know somebody texted in the other day thinking that they might be good, and somebody, some wiseacre said, well, they're going to be better than the Oilers' worst seasons. You're right. I don't, I don't think Vegas will finish in the bottom three or four in the league, but I also don't think they're going to finish in the top two-thirds, right? Like yep. Seriously, Dave, I could see them – being a, a decently competitive 22nd or 23rd in the league and, and losing a lot of games 3-1 or 3-2. I, I know those are a couple of good additions from Florida, but I, I don't think they're going to have a bona fide first line, right? I mean, they might have a lot of forwards who would be 6th uh, through 10th on teams, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they might have a couple bottom-end second liners and a bunch of third liners. Maybe their defense will be okay and, and they'll likely have Fleury and Nath. I don't think that's been confirmed yet, has it? But that that's the rumor. So anyway, yeah, that, that is uh, a rumor, but not not confirmed. You're correct. Oh, okay. And now is Connor McDavid on the cover of NHL 18? Yes, oh, I believe go. they just revealed that. Yeah. 
Well, that's really the big one, Dave. We can go go home early, Dave. Okay. They, they yeah. named the cover. They named the cover for a video game. Inside so. Sports ends now, folks. Thanks for listening. No, 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 no. That's good. That's good. Yes, he has been revealed as the uh, the cover of NHL 18. So, oh my goodness, the sales are going to go through the roof in this country, especially around here. Well, I think it'll be more fun to play as the Oilers this year without uh, having to. I mean, a lot of times in recent years, guys told me, yeah, well, I played as the Oilers, but I, uh, you know, turned off smart trades, so they gave me uh, Crosby for, uh, you know, George Larac or, uh, who, you know, whatever. <laughs> I traded uh, I traded Cam Barker for Sidney Crosby and uh, then I Jim Vandermeer uh, for uh, yeah, exactly you know so, yeah I know where you but going. but uh, but yeah that's cool okay the original question you asked me about three minutes ago well, we'll do I, I see the time it's uh, what time is it there six forty seven yeah let, let's let's okay, hold I'll on come that. back after the break with some Everly and other trade talk there you go let's go to the break now. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Welcome back to the show. It is 6.51. Reed Wilkins rejoining us from Chicago side of the NHL entry draft, which will take place on Friday, 5 o'clock. You can catch it live right here in 6.30. Chad, 4 o'clock will be the start of our pre-draft show with Reed, uh, Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels, cast of thousands down in Chicago. And of course, reports up until then. Reed, you'll be on tomorrow on uh, I know the, on the Morning News show. You'll be on on this show again, hosted by Brendan Allward, because I'm heading off to Vancouver tomorrow. The Eskimos open up their regular season schedule in Vancouver. 8 o'clock is the start time for that game. 6.30 is the countdown to kickoff show with Morley Scott, yours truly. And it's special appearance by Blake Dermott, who's going to be in Vancouver. So anyway, um, trades. We talked about what the Vegas Golden Knights are going to do and all these side deals, which will be revealed. Jordan Eberle, a couple minutes that we can spend on Jordan Eberle. Um, It looks like this is going to happen, a trade, but it's, I guess it's the, uh, the, the question of when, Reed. Well, I think he will be traded, and, you know, that's been a hot topic of debate on on inside sports and on Oilers now, really since the, well, I mean, for a long time, really, with Everly, but but ever since the playoffs ended, obviously, and he wasn't able to score a goal in the playoffs. I think he will be traded. I do think he is an absolute NHL player. It always kind of agitates me a little bit when people say, look, well, he belongs in the minors or he can't play. He absolutely belongs in the NHL. It might turn out to be a tough trade to swallow, because I don't know if they can trade him for a player who can get 50 to 60 or even more points if he's firing on cylinders because, you know, he's got a pretty weighty contract. I don't know when it's going to happen, Dave. I, I, I mean, it, it seemed like it was really close to happening last weekend before the, uh, the freeze came into place. I, I'm wondering if, if, again, it happens after the draft and before free agency, if it's if it's squeezed in there like the Hall Larson trade was, now the other thing to remember is Peter Shirelli has been very clear, and why wouldn't he be? I think anybody would think this way. Priorities this summer are a contract extension for McDavid because he's played out two of his three years on his entry level deal. So this is the contract that'll take effect for next season, and Leon Draisaitl needs a new contract for the, for the upcoming season. His entry level contract is over. So maybe Shirelli sees how much those two guys are going to be owned, and that owed, you know, and then that points him in the direction of of when and for who to trade Everly. 
I do think Everly would. And you know what? And if Everly is back, Dave, then I hope he does great, and I hope he gets back to scoring over 30 goals with Edmonton and, and some of the pucks start going in for him. But, I mean, like we were talking about earlier with Shirelli, the Oilers have changed. After years of misery, things have changed by winning the draft lottery, by dry cycle. You know, I, I think for me, I thought he could be pretty good, maybe even exceeding his early season expectations by having some, some young defensemen to build around and by having some depth guys with, you know, personality and character like Maroon, like Cassian, uh, like Latestu. Those guys have kind of become the primary core and the secondary core of the team. And Jordan Everly's, I think, position both on and off the ice has changed a little bit. I know he's still wore the A as an assistant captain, but there were other guys who were relied on in important situations that Everly used to be in. And probably the best example, two good examples, is Leon Dreisaitl, a center who will probably be a center this upcoming season, mm-hmm. played most of the season on Connor McDavid's right wing. And right. that was a spot that was Everly's to begin with. And then Jordan Everly lost his spot on the first power play unit to the fourth line center, Mark Letestu, simply because Letestu showed up much more of a willingness to shoot the puck. And, you, you know, he, they, they both had 16 goals going into the final weekend of the season, and then Everly got four in the last two games against the Canucks. So all those little things just point me in the direction of maybe Shirelli saying, I know Everly is a good player, but how the roster is put together and the diversity of players is different than what we had before, and, and maybe Everly doesn't quite fit into that anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, if, if he goes, he's going to do well. Somewhere, if, if he stays, then, then I hope the numbers and the contributions get a big bump. But that, and, I, and I know this is a debate. I mean, I went back and forth on this with fans for probably an hour the other night on the show. And I, and I, understand, bo- I understand both sides of the argument. But if you're asking what I think is going to happen, and if you ask me probably what I would do as a GM, there you have it. I think the trade has to be certainly explored, and I think it will happen. All right, Reed. Uh, thanks so much for your time tonight. Go out and get some more boneless chicken wings, and uh, you know, and hopefully they're, they they found the other half of the chicken. I, I, I'm going to sit here watching the awards on Twitter. Pretty thrilling, hitting refresh every 15 seconds. That's my night in Chicago, everybody. <laughs> Reed Wilkins painting the town in Chicago. Have fun, buddy. Thank you for your all time. right. And uh, yeah, good. And all the best uh, in Vancouver uh, on uh, Saturday, Dave. Go Eskimo. Thanks, buddy. Take care. All the best. Reed Wilkins down in Chicago, site of the 2017 NHL entry draft. Pre-draft coverage at 4 o'clock right here on 6.30. Chad, the actual draft, the first round, 5 o'clock. And then the rest of the draft you can hear right here on 6.30, Chad, Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. Next hour, Kevin Carries from Global Sports. Also, Brendan Ulrich from our 6.30 Chet Sports Department, the producer of Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. News is next with Cassandra Jodoin in the 6.30 Chet 24-hour news center. Back with hour number two of Inside Sports in a moment. 6.30 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chet.